2016. I'm your podcast host, client manager John Nigel of InTouch Manufacturing Services. InTouch is an American-owned company headquartered in Shenzhen, China, that specializes in everything from quality control product inspections to factory audits, social compliance, and sourcing. My guest today is manager of client services Oliver Knack, who's joining me to talk about top five tips for negotiating with Chinese factories. So, welcome, Oliver. Thanks, John. I guess let's start off by sort of setting the stage and just mention here that a lot of importers are seeking advice about ways that they can improve negotiations with suppliers and Chinese factories in particular. And I think a lot of them are worried about balancing quality and price. And I'm really excited about this topic because Oliver, you have some firsthand experience working in sort of trade in Taiwan and dealing with suppliers both there and to some extent in China. And what's sort of the extent of that, and how did that play out for you? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, through our work, we do here in InTouch through supplier identification and also inspections. We see a lot of the process of our clients purchasing from factories all over Asia, but primarily in China. Before I joined InTouch, I lived in Taiwan, and what I was doing there is working independently on my own as a trader, so purchasing things and getting factories to make things, specifically engineered components, so CNC machine components to send back to customers in Australia. So I have a little bit of experience with that. That was mostly in Taiwan, but as most people would be familiar with, that a lot of the factories here are in China are Taiwanese-owned and similar sort of setup. So yeah, that's, that's my uh, first-hand experience with it. Okay, great. Okay, so let's get right into these top five tips for negotiation. So the first tip here that we've got for negotiating with Chinese factories is be realistic about upcoming order volume. So tell us about sort of what you mean there. Yeah, so when dealing with a factory, I mean, it's great to be optimistic about the business that you're going to do with them. But bearing in mind that they get inquiries from all around the world every day and everyone says that they have huge order volumes and repeat orders. Factories are a little bit shy on those kind of claims. So I would be realistic with the factory about the upcoming volumes and what they can expect in the future based on, you know, them providing a good quality product. Okay, yeah, I would agree with that. And you also mentioned as well that, you know, we recommend that clients actually start relatively small and sort of order a trial order from the factories before getting serious just to sort of test the waters and gauge that particular supplier's capabilities. Is that right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially when they're dealing with new suppliers, we always recommend that you start off with a smaller order just to really test the waters and make sure everything, the the factory and you are on the same page with their quality requirements and that you can get a feel for their communication. You know, there might be a factory that has a great capability of making a product, but they're non-communicative and just generally difficult to deal with. So it's really just testing the waters from all aspects as a business relationship and then working up from there. You know, once you do a small order, then build it up gradually and then you can go into, you know, really big volumes. Okay, great. Your next point here is bring the factory on board with growth objectives. Tell us about that tip for negotiating with Chinese factories. Yeah, something that I have noticed with 
some of our clients that have very good supplier relationships is they really bring the factory into their objectives. So the factory has sort of a sense of ownership. They're not just simply making a product that they're pushing out the door and, you know, they have no emotional attachment to. What I've seen with clients is when they explain to the factory and show them, this ties into the growing volume thing as well, like showing the factory what you're doing in your market. Because the factories really don't have any intimate knowledge of the markets that they sell into. They make the product and then people take it from there and do what they need to do to get it to the consumers. What we've seen is that the factories are actually quite interested in where and how their products are used. And when they see the marketing initiatives and what the clients are doing to sell those products in their markets and what kind of new initiatives they have, they really get more interested in the product and they have a more sense of ownership and it will lead to them producing a better quality product because they have that attachment to where it's going. Yeah, I think you make a good point there. And I think that having brought that supplier into the fold and like really keeping that communication level with them about sort of the final destination of the product, the intended use, things like that, it can also help further with further product development and the factory can maybe give some feedback on how to improve a product, which is important too. Another point that you mentioned here is that factory managers are actually taking quite a bit of risk with clients that they take on. That is a new customer for them is not typically risk-free. They might get a deposit for an order, but there's not necessarily going to be full delivery of that PO in terms of paying for that. And it's important to recognize that factories are taking risks on their clients too. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. It goes both ways. For starting of a new relationship, managing the factory's expectations. So starting small, saying, instead of saying, oh, telling the factory you're going to place an order for a million units and then, you know, and then placing an order for 10,000 units, starting small saying, okay, we're going to start with 10,000 units and you place an order for 10,000 units. In their mind, okay, you've met their expectations. They know what's going to happen. They can be optimistic that the orders you say you're going to place in the future will happen. Whereas, you know, like it comes back to what I said before, they get inquiries from all around the world for high volumes. And then if you don't place those high volumes, you know, they will have a negative feeling and will be more disinterested to make a quality product for you. Okay. Your third tip for negotiating with Chinese factories here is don't fall for a factory sweet talk. And this is, this is something that, you know, crosses not only the relationship that importers might have negotiating, but in other areas as well, like quality control. Can you tell us a little bit about what you mean here and maybe give us an example of how sweet talk could be an issue for that importer? Yeah, for sure. So everyone knows that building a relationship with the suppliers is important. That's true. And that involves, you know, socializing with them when you're here in China, they'll take you out for the big dinners and that that's all well and good. That's a part of them wanting to build a relationship with you and also getting a chance to see how you act in a social circumstance as a human being. It's also an opportunity to loosen you up maybe to work on price increases or talk about points that are being negotiated. And so the recommendation is, okay, it's well and good to go and socialize and drink with the factory, but it's important to make sure that that social setting 
doesn't influence the negotiation. You want to be objective about the points that are important to you in terms of the product, maybe product changes or, or pricing, things like this. Those really want to be negotiated in a more formal setting. Perhaps the agreement can be made in the social setting, but don't be pressured into making decisions during those dinners because you may make a decision that is not in your best interests. I would agree. And I see, you know, in China, from a cultural standpoint, in countries like China and elsewhere in Southeast Asia, a big part of running a successful business, it seems, and a big part of operations is really meeting with clients and developing relationships. And a lot of that entails, you know, going out to dinner, going out for drinks, going out to lunch. And that's a little bit different from what importers might be used to in Western countries or in Australia and these places. So it's important to keep in mind that that may be part of the game here, but you know, when alcohol is flowing, you want to be careful about the kind of things that you agree to, as, as you said, and don't let that get to your head. Don't let it influence negotiations. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So the fourth point here, the fourth tip for negotiating with Chinese suppliers that you mentioned is don't bargain too hard with a factory. And I think this is one of the most important ones that we've got here in front of us. Tell us about this one. Yeah. So, I mean, this comes down to you get what you pay for at the end of the day. One of my clients once told me that, you know, he always hears from people back in his home country saying, you know, Chinese stuff is rubbish. Well, he said, that's because 90% of the world asks them to make rubbish. Chinese factories are capable of making the best products in the world, but people don't want to pay for them. So, you know, everything has material cost. Sure, there are margins in manufacturing, but it's actually not unheard of that factories don't make much money on the actual cost of making the product. They really make their margin on on the rebate of tax when the product is shipped out of China. So the margins are quite slim. And if you try to hardball them on certain areas, they won't say no. They'll say, okay, you get your lower price, but something's got to give. And normally, that's where poor quality comes in. It's funny to keep hearing still that China produces, you know, such low quality products. And to people who still think that, I would say, you know, keep in mind that China has a space program and that they have you know, the largest high-speed rail network in the world. And, and some of that technology is foreign, but a lot of that sort of high-tech, high-quality product manufacturing is done here in China. So they're certainly capable of making high-quality goods. The, the problem is, as you said, most importers aren't asking for quality. They're asking for price. They're asking for price cuts. They want competitive pricing. And that cut in price is usually coming from an equal or greater cut in the quality of the product and the materials used and the processes used for production. So agree with you 100% there. Don't bargain too hard with a factory. Your last tip here for negotiating is to bring your own translator and deal with the decision maker. So I guess this particular tip is more geared towards those importers who are personally visiting the factory and want to sit down and meet with someone to discuss sort of the terms of their agreement. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so... I suppose the first point, bring a translator, comes down to, from what I've seen, most of the factory owners will speak limited English and then they'll have salespeople that work for them that, you know, speak quite good English. But that 
that only goes so far. Some clients I've seen that get their own translator to come and provide an independent, unbiased translation, that really helps you to keep some balance of power in the negotiation because you can know that what is being translated to the decision maker is your point of view. Whereas sometimes in the typical scenario where you're negotiating with the boss through the sales staff, the sales staff might not be understanding your points accurately or spinning them in a way to get the deal going. So that's a recommendation. The second part of that is to deal with a decision maker. More difficult in bigger factories when you're a smaller client, that will be a little bit difficult. You'll probably have to deal with the sales people at the start. But more often than not, if you're doing you know, decent volume and repeat orders, you will probably have become familiar with the ownership of the factory or at least high-level managers, let's say. And the sooner you can deal directly with them, the better, because then you can really get things going. If they value you as a, a good client, then they can move mountains with production. You know, the point about bringing your own translator is one that I think a lot of importers really overlook. And the fact is, again, to bring culture into this, people have a hard time being direct here sometimes. And if there's something that you know, they think you're going to respond unfavorably to, or they have to deliver some bad news. I've seen it myself, like, they'll either omit it completely and won't mention to you that there's a problem, or they can't deliver on something you've agreed to, or they will maybe sugarcoat it, or maybe sort of underemphasize it, so it's not clear to you exactly what you're working with. And that goes not only for the translator, who's there to to serve your interests and be as clear as possible with the communication, but also in dealing with the salesperson who's a little bit, in a lot of cases, a little bit removed from production. Maybe they don't know the capability of the factory for a particular product, or they have to consult a quality manager or even the, the factory manager about before they can you know, make promises to you. So it's really important if you go to visit a factory and you have the opportunity to really sit down with the decision maker and to bring your own translator to sort of get to the root of, of the agreement. Is that right? So I guess in conclusion, the lesson here is really to just, you know, be prepared ahead of time. If you're working with a supplier, do your research. If you have to do a supplier review or an audit to really get the gist of their capabilities, then that's recommended. You know, as a general rule, to be more forthcoming, to be more direct, open, and honest about your expectations and what they can deliver on, that's a good way to sort of set you straight and into being successful with importing. Is that right? Would you add anything to that? Yeah, I suppose just to always consider that the relationship with your supplier in China is of equal value to the relationship with your customers. So they're both two-way streets and the factories generally will want to make a good product to keep you as a happy customer. And bearing in mind that you'll have a successful time purchasing in China or other countries in Asia. Very well put. I'd like to thank Oliver Knack for taking some time out of his data to talk with me about these five tips for negotiating with Chinese factories. So thank you, Oliver. Thanks, John. And I want to thank our listeners out there for tuning in to today's broadcast and remind you guys to check us out on our social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, for some daily tips and advice, as well as some updates there. 
You can also check out our YouTube channel for some interviews with industry experts as well as some on-site inspection videos for you guys. And lastly, if you'd like to get in contact with us directly, you can drop us a line at our company website. That is www.intouchquality.com. Thank you.